You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer hard questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here uh, with our very own Pastor Jeff, also known as Dad to me. Uh, and this week is going to look a little bit different. I'm excited. We have uh, asked you guys to turn in questions that you've had about Sunnybrook, about faith, about ministry. Um, so today's going to be not necessarily about what our Sunday morning topic was, but more just kind of random, rapid fire Q&A with PJ, as we lovingly refer to it as. I coined that term. I don't know that you love that term, but... Not as much not as you <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes your own joke as much as you do. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Thanks for submitting questions. If you uh, are sitting there and you want to submit a question, we'd love to get to it next week. You can just email uh, us at podcast at sunnybrookchurch.org or just message us um, on social media and we'll make sure that we get to it next week. Um, all right, question one was this. How do I know that God has a plan for my life? And then I love this follow-up because this is the hard part. And how do I figure out what it is? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, first of all, because the Word of God tells us. Yep. So let's go back to the Old Testament for a moment. Remember, Jeremiah says, listen, I formed you, fashioned you. I set mm -hmm. you apart in your mother's mm -hmm. womb. It says the same thing David does uh, in the Psalms, this idea of God formed me. He fashioned mm -hmm. me. He set me aside. There's purpose. There's meaning. We see it in the life of Samuel elsewhere. Mm -hmm. so, so there's always purpose and meaning that God has established. There would be no reason to create mankind mm -hmm. if there wasn't purpose and meaning in that from God's perspective. Um, and, and really, that, that needs to be sought out. It mm -hmm. really does. Certainly, the first simple thing is this, is that he wants us to come to know him. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to a saving knowledge of Christ. So first of all, he wants us to enter into relationship with him. But out of that, there's all kinds of opportunities of ministry, of growth, of mm -hmm. all kinds of things that he wants us to do and accomplish. Even the Great Commission really mm -hmm. can't be carried out unless you and I fulfill our purpose of reaching mm -hmm. people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's tremendous purpose in that. I would say here's how you find it out. And this is just kind of how uh, all of us have worked mm -hmm. through it in our own lives is you begin to seek God through prayer. I say, God, what, what do you have for me? Where do you want me to go? Uh, what do you want me to do? I, I always want to go to the Word of God. I want to read the Word of God. Uh, Paul Little, great uh, theologian from Talbot Seminary, used to say 90% of the will of God is found in the Word of God. So mm -hmm. often when we go to the Word, we're going to find meaning and purpose in that direction from God. I think godly counsel is critical. Mm -hmm. uh, people early on in my days and age sat down with me. There was an internal call to ministry, but there was also this external call of hey, we see gifts and abilities in you. We think you might fit well mm -hmm. uh, in ministry and working with people and those kinds of things. And I do believe the fourth way is usually circumstances, mm. that maybe God opens a door, that he gives you opportunity. Mm -hmm. Probably most of us in ministry uh, or even in your careers and profession got there because somebody gave us an opportunity and we mm -hmm. said, listen, this, this fits my gifts, this fits my ability. It, it gives me some passion and excitement and uh, I kind of sense. And, uh, I always think even after you're there, you pray, God, uh, could you kind of confirm this is where you want me and this yeah. is how you're going to use me? Because for every one of us, there's tremendous meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a ditch digger, a pastor. Mm -hmm. 
there is a sphere of influence, sort of a mission field around you that God wants you to, to influence mm -hmm. for the gospel of Christ. Yeah. So what do you do? I'm going to add to this question a little bit because this is something uh, we experienced when Trent and I were contemplating moving back. I was contemplating going into ministry and I felt like we dedicated a lot of time in prayer to it and honestly felt like we weren't really getting a clear answer, mm. um, at least right away. And then I remember you telling me that you wouldn't hire me. So that also felt like a clear answer that I shouldn't go into ministry. But someday we ought to lo do a and behold, on that alone. here I am. Thanks to Kevin Negard. So what do you do if you feel like you've devoted yourself to, I mean, can you screw it up? Does every tiny decision matter in the scheme of life? I don't. I, I kind of agree. If you've ever heard Andy Stanley teach on this, I, I think we think there's just one thumbprint of a place we need to go. And if we mess that up, our whole life is going to be messed up. Mm -hmm. We're outside of the will of God. I don't think so. I really believe God can use us in any, again, sphere, influence, I think of Christ-centered teachers that are in the public school and the impact that they're mm -hmm. making. They weren't called to ministry, but they've got a mission field and a ministry. I, I think of that almost in mm -hmm. every avenue of life. And I think in some respects, the will of God would be, hey, what do you like and have a passion for it? Go do it. Yep. And if you do it to me, mm -hmm. to the glory of God, there's going to be all kinds of ministry and possibilities around that. So... I think sometimes when we pray and we don't get an answer, mm -hmm. it's, it's very possible. There's a sense in which we need to wait a little mm -hmm. bit. God's going to open up a door. But I often would follow my heart, my passions, mm -hmm. trust that God can take anything yep. and ultimately use it mm -hmm. for his good. I heard it described one time. I don't remember if it was you or not, but um, that kind of the will of God in our life is kind of like a highway. We consider it to be like this one tiny path, and if we step off the path, we're out of the will of God, but it more is a highway and you can switch lanes and you can move around and you're still going to stay in the general path that God. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Again, there's a framework of scripture. Anytime we do anything outside of that, that's mm -hmm. outside of the will of God. But otherwise, I do believe going down this, and, and we can switch lanes yep. within that at some point in time, mm -hmm. but I do believe when we sort of surrender our lives to God, make a decision, this is what we're going to do for a living or, 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 or even a passion in a ministry, I don't mm -hmm. think you can mess that up as yep. long as you make a decision. I'm going to do this for the mm -hmm. glory of God. He uses you. Yep. I think there's a peaceful freedom that comes in that. I don't know if you've ever sat across from people. I have college students that are like, I'm just trying to figure out what God's plan for yeah. me is. And there's this pressure to figure out exactly what it is you're supposed to go and do when you maybe just need to make the next right decision I, I for think your so. life. I, I think that's how life is. Mm -hmm. Living in dependence on God and just making the next right step. We often kind of apply that to marriage sometimes, don't we, too, is go, uh, you know, especially if we walk away from marriage, you say, well, there's only one person I was supposed to marry, I missed it. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I, again, you got to decide where you're at on this. Mm -hmm. I think as long as you are within the will and the boundaries mm -hmm. of God, marriage, ministry, job is a commitment, and mm -hmm. I surrender it to the Lord, and He uses it. Yep, I like that. We had one question written in, um, and I loved this one, and I'm just going to read directly how she worded it. She just said, a discussion that her and her husband have often had and gotten a little bit heated about is the question of salvation. Um, she says she was raised in a doctrine where it was once saved, always saved, um, and her husband was raised in a doctrine where he was taught that your salvation can be lost. Um, what scripture can help us answer these questions, and where would you kind of fall in the spectrum? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I tell you, in all honesty, there's not a question I struggled with more yeah. in my teenage years than this one. I used to jokingly 
say every time they had an altar call, I would go down again because I had messed up and I needed to receive Christ all over again. So I struggled with the doctrine of the assurance of salvation. But really, once I took hold of this, and I think, and I'll give you in a moment several places in Scripture, but I think it changed my Christian life. I do. I think there was a confidence that I had in my relationship with him. I think the evil one often uses mm-hmm. sort of the lack of assurance in our lives mm-hmm. to keep us down. We, we worry about whether or not you know, we re- really know Christ. We're worried about you know, what's going on in our own lives. And it doesn't allow us to grow, doesn't allow us to be used in ministry mm-hmm. because we're always sort of self-centered with regards to that. So I think when I got, once I got the confidence, the doctrine, the assurance of salvation, it allowed me to grow and do ministry. Some of my favorite places to go, and I just encourage this couple to read these together, is 1 John 5, 9 through 13. And it just simply says this, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And then he writes this, and this is the fifth chapter of 1 John. He's writing to Gnostics. He's trying to give them the assurance of salvation. So he says, listen, I write this, speaking of the entire epistle of 1 John. He's saying, listen, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. And the word is emphatic, definite. Mm -hmm. Not doubt, not question, not wonder, but that you may know that you have eternal life. Uh, John 10, 28 says this, I give eternal life to them and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them from the Father's hand. The Mm -hmm. idea is that we're held in the hand of God with regards to our salvation Mm -hmm. and nothing, not the evil one, not anything else can somehow take us from the Father's hand. Uh, The other one I like, and this is a little bit unknown, but in John chapter 13, when Jesus begins to wash the feet of the disciples, he comes to Peter and eventually he says to Peter, hey listen, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet. Meaning, he who is saved, once saved, always saved, is a child of mine. But as you go through life, you've got to wash your feet. You're, you and I sin and mm-hmm. it, it breaks our intimacy with God and we need to restore that. So on a daily basis, we need to confess. But once you've bathed, meaning receive Christ mm-hmm. as your Savior, you don't need to bathe every time you mm-hmm. sin. Um, and probably the other one I would quote is from, first, uh, or from Ephesians chapter 1. I think it's about verse 14. Do you remember he says he's given to us the Holy Spirit as a seal of our redemption. And the word seal really refers to a, a king's signet ring, this idea that he presses it in a wax and it's mm-hmm. a signet ring and a symbol that only this king has, meaning this letter can never be opened except by the person to whom it's being delivered. If it was ever broken, then you'd recognize somebody. So, so he's saying, listen, there's a sense in which I've sealed you with the power of the Spirit of God until the day of redemption, meaning in the presence of Christ, then I'll open it. Mm-hmm. But you're sealed. In fact, It really refers to this idea of an engagement ring. You're betrothed Mm. to Jesus when you receive him as Savior and Lord. And there is the promise and the guarantee of the wedding banquet in heaven one day. So uh, again, I would go to those scriptures. Mm -hmm. I would study them. Obviously, I hold to the doctrine of the assurance of salvation. I I think it does good things for you. But Mm. those are the scriptures I'd use. I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, Again, if you have questions that you want answered, if you're fighting about something over the dinner table, let us fight about it here for you instead. Uh, We would love to hear. It's podcast at settingbrookchurch.org or just send us a message on social media and we'll be sure to cover it. We'll see you next week. If you are encouraged by today's talk, 
be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.